David, you took us to a really cool restaurant last night. You, you've been here before. What, what was the name of this place? Chester V's, as yeah. in Victor, yeah. apostrophe yes. Sitting here this morning with uh, David. Jeb's gone. He's on the road someplace. We haven't haven't been heard from in 12 hours, but uh, 24 hours. Um, but I'm sure he's doing just fine. Um, but filling in for Jeb is our good friend uh, Jr. Jr. I oh, see now. It's is it War? I know your last name. Yeah, but Kessel. I'm not 100 sure I know how to pronounce it's it. Warm, warm Kessel. Warm Kessel. Warm Kessel. Hot, hot. Yeah. Hi, Jr. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going out there, you cap audience? So uh, the three of us went to dinner at uh, Chester V's last night. Uh, had a wonderful show. It what was a, so good. What a nice uh, restaurant. The great food, a nice bar. And well, it, it sits about oh, maybe three-eighths of a mile off the departure end of Runway 9. Yeah, H- halfway between the the threshold and Artie and Ed's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're literally under the extended center line. Yeah. And since they were operating off of runway nine last night, the airplanes were taking off right at us on the deck at at Chester V's. Oh yeah, we had and, uh, we had a great show while we were uh, sipping barley pop and. Uh, Scarfing down uh, appetizers and uh, and uh, yeah, we had a number. Anyway, so the food was really good. They need to deal with their shade problem because that time of day uh, on a sunny summer night or evening, the sun is just glaring down on you. And uh, but uh, but well, even they have, they have Boku. They have more indoors. Yeah, there's a lot of inside. So. But we wanted to be on the deck. We wanted to watch the airplanes. And so a uh, great restaurant. Good fun. Um, how was the day yesterday? What'd you do? Uh, wrapped up some uh, research for uh, writing projects that I've developed here, and uh, pretty much ready to sit down here at uh, Shea UCAP and spend a day starting to crank out photos yeah. and uh, rough in copy for the different stories. And uh, just to clarify, it's it's Saturday morning. Um, Saturday morning, day six of seven, and. Uh, Spectacular, spectacular morning. Stone Jim, pull up a player. chair. Or get a, I got to run. Oh, you got to run. All right, that's Jim come, G. Hi. Come to Exhibit Hangar C today, and that's where I'll be sitting. Promoting that other fly-in down the road. Yeah, right, exactly. okay, all right. Have a good day. Thanks. Nice to see you guys. <laughs> Hello, UCAP listeners. See you later. I'm sorry, David. You were saying... Uh, oh, wrap, wrapping up some research work. Yeah, then, it, then I went back through uh, and visited with... Uh, uh, three avionics vendors whose products are are of interest to me for my uh, YX project, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of narrowed it down to two. Did you learn anything new about your YX project here this week, or is it just kind of reinforcing the things you already knew? I learned a couple of things new, uh, and uh, reinforced some of the stuff that I uh, was planning and doing, and some of the choices I've made, and uh, uh, found out like uh, like me. Many other uh, Sonex and YX operators lust for more fuel than is standard on the airplane, and mm-hmm. have made accommodations in various ways to add supplemental fuel. Is, okay, yeah, I was going to ask you: Is there a good solution for that? There are several. Yeah. Uh, one fellow, uh, Jeff Schultz, I think it is. He uh, he's been using a portable uh, uh, marine tank. He sits it on the passenger seat. Has okay. a uh, has a, uh, a an input for the fuel line and a, a little pump, and when he's ready to use that tank, he plugs a plug into a cigarette lighter socket that he built into it. That turns the pump on and uh, fills, your, pushes, fills you back up again. 
pushes five gallons over to the main tank, yep. and he's a happy camper. Yeah. And if he doesn't need it, he unhooks it all and takes it out. Yeah. And Jerry, you and I hung out together yesterday, wandering around. We had, uh, we had so we, much fun. We headed out to Warbirds and didn't get there. <laughs> then we decided we were going to go to Ultralights and didn't get there. You didn't get there either. But we saw Stanley and the Blue Angels almost at the same time. That's true. We did actually. And and, yeah, and we that wandered to me into was a highlight. We wandered into uh, the uh, uh, EA Welcome Center where I, I I wanted to go there because I just wanted to see Stanley. I'm a big Marvel fan, and uh, and so Stanley made a sort of unannounced visit here to Air Venture this year, apparently to uh, promote some charity that he's involved with. Yeah, he's got a foundation. Yeah. And, uh, and, and at the entrance of Building D yesterday, when I was cutting through from the back to the front, I get to the front and there's a big long table that wasn't there the day before. Yeah. Walked around it and it's Marvel comics of all genres. Oh, and I wish all I'd ages. seen that. I wish I'd seen that. I'm not much. Sealed, in sealed plastic, yeah. autographed by Stanley. Mm -hmm. And they were doing a, a, a nice uh, yeah. little business yeah. there. So we saw. So I got sent chance to see Stanley. I, I tweeted out a, a, a contraband picture. They were not letting us take pictures no. of Stanley. They tried to stop us. Many of us were were rebels. And uh, anyways, I, I tweeted out a picture of Stanley. And uh, as you mentioned, the, the Blue Angels had been in that spot just prior. So we saw them uh, for a little bit. Then we went wandering and. Uh, we did make it into the, uh, what I call the innovations area. It's the innovations area and the drone area yeah. and uh, down in that corner of the grounds and saw some interesting things. I saw this cool, what's it, that uh, qu human-sized quadcopter. Uh, oh. It's actually an uh, uh, octocopter. There's eight rotors um, on four booms. Wasn't octocopter a Stanley character? Oh, no, that was Octoman. Oct no, no, it was Oct uh, Doc Dr. Doc Octoc. Doc Ock, Dr. Octopus. Um, yeah, well, uh, the uh, Spider-Man's uh, arch-villain. So uh, I like that. Uh, I, I wish I could remember what it's called. It's called like the... No, oh, I don't remember either. It was, yeah. it was, it was, it was a full-size mock-up. Um, if you looked at it, you could see that it had a, had a gasoline engine in it, which was then, you know, making, turning chemical energy to electrical energy to power the, the right. drives. Which I'm perfectly okay with at this stage of the game because... We talked about this. Well, it gives you dependence on batteries. Yeah, and it means that you can focus on... Battery technology is a whole different kind of problem, and there are a lot of people trying to solve it. But right now, let's get that off the plate for a time being, and let's figure out how to make these, these uh, you know, uh, uh, smart rotorcraft. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's cool. I'd fly it for sure, um, you know, when the time comes. Is smart rotorcraft almost an oxymoron? See, I don't think so. I, I think that's my whole point. <laughs> is this like a whole new generation of, of hel you know, helicopters, but they're not helicopters. They're... But it still beats the air into submission. Uh, in, but in a, in a very elegant and smart way. Uh, yeah, okay. And uh, the question I have you for this, what kind of license do you need to have to operate one of those? I don't know the answer to that. Um, well, it's going to depend on what category it falls under, because uh, unless it's part 103... Yeah, and this one's probably I mean, not going to fall under 103. From the sounds of it, it's not going to be. Uh, then you need a uh, light sport license if it's got uh, a gross weight no higher than 1,320 pounds, or a private pilot's license uh, with either a third-class medical or mm -hmm. a basic med if it's over 1,320. Yeah. yeah. Jay, you want to tell us what you bought? Oh, I bought a Mavic. Uh, Mavic uh, DJI drone yeah. um, kit with with batteries and case and and uh, which in in the in the great Oshkosh tradition you bought this beautiful flying machine that you cannot it fly. cannot fly yeah. it, it is it is the most challenging thing for me to sit here and play with a fun toy where I almost 
can use it. Yeah, but uh, it actually it actually is is locked out, right? It has one of those GPS. Uh, it, it does no fly zone. It has things. a no fly zone, but if you if you verify who you are, then you you can bypass it with the understanding that if it all goes horribly wrong, they know exactly who to point the finger at. Uh, welcome to America in the twenty first century. But yeah. no, no, this is a much better solution than how it used to be, where you had no fly zones and you you couldn't get around it, and you had to file with with DJI, and they gave you a special version of the app. It was a mess. Um, DJ has come a long way. Um, I've been using their products uh, as, a, as a licensed commercial drone operator for, for quite some time. This is a, a great new purchase, and I'm excited. I'm excited about it. To yeah. Add it to my yeah. inventory. So we wandered around the innovations area, and then we uh, got on some buses and shuttles and went out to the museum. That was really pleasant. I enjoyed visiting the museum. You know, I, I've been to the museum a number of times, um, but this was the first time that we really, I think, we explored the nooks and the crannies. Yeah. yeah. Um, and really, you know, we got to see all of the awards that, that have been issued to, I presume, to Paul, that to Paul and Paul and mostly yeah. Paul, but yeah, right. Yeah. There's a whole room there in, the, in that recreation of his, of his office and workshop. And it's just the walls are just just completely filled with awards of one sort or another, recognitions and whatnot. Yeah, that was interesting. The uh, the kids section, and I suppose that's been there for a while, but I've never you, noticed it. I've never seen it. Never. Spent. But there's a whole little mini wing of all sorts of uh, exhibits targeted at young people, um, mm -hmm. explaining flight and explaining the physics and explaining the fun and you know. It was, it was always the uh, a favorite target of us on the show daily when uh, yeah. Weston and I shot for the show dailies. We'd alternate years and who'd go up there. Right. And then out. Now, and by the way, I'm not talking about Kid Venture, which is a right. whole other thing. I was going to say, this on the opposite a, this side of. Full time the, thing in the museum, yeah. On the opposite side of the Pioneer Airport, they have a Kid Venture where kids yeah. get to build uh, wooden airplanes, learn how to build a wood rib and uh, fly models. And uh, it, it, it's really well set up to uh, introduce a child to. Some of the basics, and, and it, you know, in today's rage, science, technology, and engineering. Yeah, uh, yeah. The STEM education it fits right in. Right, right. There was one more thing that I saw um, at the museum that I wanted to call to your memory and our listeners' attention is that there were a number of pieces of nose art from I, I believe they were B twenty five. Yeah, they might have been B, but but some sort of aircraft on that scale where they cut out. I guess it is nose art. Tore, but tore out. We, you see pictures all the time about World War II era aircraft where they've painted some piece of art and typically a name, a title or a slogan or something like that. Um, and they've apparently um, captured these things, cut them out of an aircraft before it was whatever, destroyed or whatever, and then mounted them on displays. There must have been 10, 15 of them there. Uh, 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 and these things are large. They're, yeah. they're you know, 5 I mean, or 10 feet long. It's it's a big cutout from the side of a B-25 or, or, or like that, you know. And, yeah, and that's that's a tradition that carried for a while after <coughs> World War II. Yeah. Uh, well, they've collected a bunch of them together and put them on display at the EA Museum. The EA Museum is kind of overlooked, I think, by a lot of people this week because it's a little bit off the beaten path. But I urge people to make some time and go visit the museum. It's a, well, it's a it, cool resource. It was, or come back during the off, time, off it, season. It was Friday afternoon, and if you looked out on the flight line Friday, you know, starting about 1230, uh, there was an early migration of people to the flight line because they knew that the Blue, Blue Angels, Angels were yeah. going to be doing their practice. Right. And uh, the, the, the crowd line gets moved back when the Blue Angels fly. So uh, people were getting there early. It, 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 it was 
it was visible in yeah. the exhibit halls. They yeah. weren't as busy as usual for a, for a Friday. Right. What's up today? Work. Work. You just told us a minute ago you were going to kick back and just relax here. You're going to work at Camp Bacon. I'm going to work. At Shayu yeah. Camp here. You're going to yeah, hunker I'm gonna, down. I'm going to stay here, kick back, uh, <coughs> spend the day leisurely starting to move forward on several projects. i got a bunch of photos I need to transfer over. Uh, archive and place in the right folders for the right, right. projects and right uh, media management. I've, I've, well, you used to deal with film. It must have been really hard to manage all the film back in the day. Well, when we first started doing the daily in '94, uh, and up until about '98, we would we were shooting film, and we were making two film runs a day to a one-hour processor about a mile off the airport. Okay where the, the runner would wait. They would process the film, do double four by six quick prints, bring all these rolls back, because I generally have shot 12, 15 rolls between six in the morning and the first film run. And then two or three of us would stand around frantically going through these envelopes, picking out, yeah, we need that one, yeah, we need that one. And somebody would write a sticky note on it, put it on what it was for, and then the production guy would slap them on a flatbed scanner, mm -hmm. and that's how we would get a, uh, right. a placement to go on the waxed flats that got shipped to Beaverdale. I remember those days. That's right. I remember those days. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then one year, the Scolaires got their hands on some first-generation little Kodak Digitals, which was wonderful for stuff that didn't need to be bigger than about two and a half by three. Right, right. <laughs> Because that's what I did. I remember the first year I was on the newspaper. Um, and I don't. Do you remember this? I was on the newspaper and I was writing these stories. And the plan we had worked out was that I would do the interview and write the story, and then make a note of where the. Because remember, I was wandering around the North Forty and just talking to random people. And then I would make a note and I would hand it off to you, and you would then go out and try and find these people, yeah. all right, in order to take a picture of them. And I just, I, I can only imagine how awful that was. Okay, and. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was like it was like trying to find a sparrow in a flock of yeah, sparrows exactly. that's feeding in a cornfield. Uh, they may have been right here when you were talking to them, but now they're scattered exactly. someplace else. I, I always thought that was going to be a, So the next year, I actually took my cheap point-and-shoot uh, digital camera. And, and, we, and for what you were doing, we needed yeah. headshot or headshot and with I, airplane. I, and I cranked it up to its highest uh, its highest resolution, all right, which was producing at the dam at the time these horrifyingly large picture files of like you know, 400k or something crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, that's what I never used that setting except here at Oshkosh because they made horrifyingly big files. Now I take a pictures of receipts, all right, and they're 3,000 pixels wide. Anyways. Um, yeah, so... Uh, then the next year, we gravitated to a loner Nikon camera. It was a film camera that had been adapted to digital. Really? And it had this big honking assembly attached to the bottom that was the battery and the hard drive. It was less than a megapixel. Yep. Uh, the biggest you could run the picture was about 4 by 6 and it had a whopping frame rate of one shot every second and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it did the job. Uh, I remember coming back with one shot of Phil Michelle from Cessna holding 10, uh, 100, $100 bills from some guy that had dropped a $10,000 deposit on a new Cessna. And when I felt that 
Phil said, do you know where I can turn this into traveler's checks or something like that? Yeah, sure, I know where there's a bank. Could I get a picture of those bills? He goes, well, it won't run before I get this done. Well, no, 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 no. So we got a picture and we put it in the paper because that was the first year Cessna was taking orders on the renewed 172 and 182 and 206. Cool. cool. And they wanted to run it big. And it's like, this, this, if you ran it bigger, you couldn't identify that there was money. What it was, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Now we get, well, my, my little compact Sony uh, mirrorless. Uh, 24 megapixels. The files open up at something like 13 by 20 inches at 300 DPI. Yeah, it's huge. You know, 6,000 pixels by 4,000 right. pixels. Yeah. It can wrap a freaking bus with it. That's right. Yeah. Oh, how times have changed. Um, I'm going to go out today and make another, take another stab at uh, Warbirds and/or ultralights. I, I'm going to go Warbirds right away, and I'm going to probably go to uh, ultralights after the air show when they fly again this afternoon. Because um, I want to just kind of check it out By and that pay my time, respects. I may be ready to gamble. Okay. Well, maybe we'll maybe you'll join us. Uh, what do you got in mind? Anything today, Jr.? What are you going to do? I was just thinking I'm going to head out to Warbirds as well. Actually, okay. I've I've, uh, I've been staying here at the at the the Camp Bacon side of uh, of Oshkosh, uh, down down towards um, Ultralights or, or closer to Ultralights and to Warbirds, and it's 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 a long way to Warbirds. It is. Uh, it is. Yeah. So, anyways. Uh, next to last day of AirVenture 2017, um, we will almost certainly do a quick daily tomorrow, and that will probably wrap things up for us this week. So I'm not going to say goodbye right now. We're doing the full episode. We're doing the full episode on EA Radio uh, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Central Time. It will be streamed live on the internet, so if you're you're interested, you can uh, listen live, um, or you can uh, get it in our regular UCAP stream later on. But uh, in addition to that, we'll probably and then you're going to take off pretty quickly afterwards, David. Yeah, but as fast I'll, as I can. I'll after. probably buttonhole you for a few minutes after we get finished on the deck there just to wrap things up and say goodbye to people. So uh, there'll be one more daily, probably pretty brief, but that'll be on uh, Sunday uh, sometime. And uh, so here we go. Next to last day of AirVenture 2017. And, uh, um, it's been, a, been a, a, a good, entertaining, fun show. Yeah, I think it's it has been a good one. It, I it's interesting. We'll talk about this a little bit more tomorrow, probably on the yeah, big we'll one, do too. Yeah, we'll do that on the wrap But uh, it's, it's been a good year. Um, and, uh, and Without the good year blunt. Yeah, without the good year I, 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 think, I think the one thing that comes to my mind as we, as we kind of come to a close of another Oshkosh, uh, as much as it's about the airplanes and the, the acts and the, and the shows and the deals and, the, and, the, and the, the hangers, it's also about the people. It's coming again with yeah. your friends that's, that's the best part of it it, it really is I, I think that that I don't think that that can that you can gloss over how important it is to come see the people your Oshkosh friends that you only get to see once or twice a year maybe at this year's show maybe at another one yep um, camp out sit by the fire um, have a have a schmore uh, uh, Tim Tam and uh, and just and just visit so. Tim Tams are good um, Thank you, JR, for sitting in. I appreciate it. For oh. filling, uh, keeping Jeb's seat warm. Thank and, you for having uh, me. And uh, do you is there you want to tout your website here? Sure. Uh, Aviation Story is uh, is out there. It's it needs it needs some new episodes. And and the day that I'm going to get inspired to make some more is going to happen soon. Okay, but there's a lot of good stuff from you know back a while back that's timeless and it's interesting. Ti- stuff. Timeless, interesting. I've also um, got a few stories um, now and again in aviation safety um, so for the for the readers. And uh, you know, invite you to go and check out uh, James Warmkessel, and uh, and there I am. Thank you, thank you, Jr. Thanks, everyone. This is uh, 4:35. Must be Foxtrot, I think. Foxtrot. And we'll see you next time.